keep strumming. Well, thanks everybody for coming in. Give yourselves a round of applause. Dale, you look like you're asleep. Well, we want to thank you for coming out uh, again. This is just keep playing, keep playing. They don't want to hear me, but I have to do this because this is how we start the show. This is episode something of the Mile High Show because I forgot what number we're on. MileHighShow.com is where you can find all of our shows. Many people in this room have been guests at one time or another. And I have to throw this in because he gives me free coffee. This show is brought to you by Bully Dog Coffee Company. BullyDogCoffeeCompany.com. Big Bold Flavors for your big bold hearts. He brews or he roasts his own beans right in Chino Valley and hand delivers around Chino Valley in the Prescott area. We are here today, myself and my co-host Darren Mahoney, to uh, promote and talk with Tyler Correct me because I'm an idiot. Gummersall and Becky Reiniak, who will be playing a about. Mike, you got to refresh me. Around Town? Around Town Productions on January 26th at the Elks Theater. Get your tickets at elkstheater.org and they're fancy, so they spell theater with a T H E A T R E, like a bunch of weirdos. So we're going to start the show uh, now with a song by the duo, and, uh, and then we'll go right into a little bit of chat and conversation. So Tyler and Becky, take it away. Paycheck never comes I give it all away But that's never enough I've been humbled by this life of mine Close to giving in a couple times But I'm still breathing My day's down on the ground to hurt me Every bruise and battle wound For what it's worth I've been put through the ringer I'm no stranger to the hurt But at least I'm on the right side of the dirt I've been chasing love And only catching tears Yeah, this road gets rough But I keep on grinding gears I've been humbled by this life of mine Broke my heart a few too many times But it still beats my days down on the ground have earned me Every bruise and battle wound For what it's worth I've been put through the ringer I'm no stranger to the hurt 
But at least I'm on the right side of the dirt Well, I work all day, but the paycheck, they never come. I give it all, all away, but that's never enough. Yeah, I work all day, but the paycheck. Never comes. I give it all away, but that's never enough. My days down on the ground it hurt me. Every bruise and battle wound, for what it's worth. I've been put through the, the ringer. ringer. I'm, I'm no stranger, stranger to the hurt. But at least I'm on the right side. On the right side. At least I'm on the right side of the dirt. I think that's what you're supposed to say when mo more people are wearing cowboy hats and ball caps. That's right. <laughs> Darren Mahoney, thank you for sitting in with us. Oh, you're Please, very welcome. Before we start, yes. before we get into it, uh, tell everyone where they can find out about you, your various incarnations of music, and, uh, and upcoming shows and all that good stuff. Well, besides America's Most Wanted... Um, <laughs> I'm an artist signed with Heart Dance Records. I tour around with Sherry Finzer. Um, more in the new age market, uh, instrumental acoustics. But I also play um, around town with uh, band Palomino, with uh, Emery Schimberg, Mike Middleton, John Regalado, and various other great musicians like Billy Bond, who's here today, and Austin, when they can sit in with us. And then um, I do a lot of solo acoustic stuff, but, you know, I, I <laughs> kind of a it's, a, it's a rashy joke, but... I, I, I play a lot of funerals. <laughs> so I, I told somebody the other day, I said, there's just people dying to hear my music. <laughs> so I and know. Here, there's a baton. And, and where, but, can, uh, where can folks find you online? You can find me at uh, Dare Mahoney Music on Facebook and uh, Instagram. And uh, other than that, I just kind of keep, you know, I, I'm just one of them low pro guys. I let the, the record label handle all my promotions. So heartdancerecords.com. Thank you, thank you. Tyler, Tyler Gummersall. Yes, sir. Where can folks find out about you and your, your art? Yeah, uh, quickest spot is Tyler, T-Y-L-L-E-R, music.com. Tyler with two L's, and that's also my handles on the socials and stuff. And YouTube, you got a pretty extensive YouTube channel there? Yeah, you can find me. Just look up Tyler Gummersall on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all the places. Miss Becky. Yes, sir. Now, <laughs> no need to be formal. My goodness. I feel like I'm in trouble. 
who are you playing with other than Tyler coming up? Uh, what are your your travels through and around uh, Prescott, and where can folks find your music? Yeah, I, I play with a band called Wheelhouse, and yeah. we do all the cool bars up and down Whiskey Row <laughs> and also the Windsock a lot. And um, most of our publication is on Facebook, and it's one word, Wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. Yes. Thank you, like thank it. you. Now, how did you get, uh, get connected with and... And I thought you brought yourself a Coors Light, young man. <laughs> you scared me. I, was, I thought I was in big trouble when we get home. <laughs> so, uh, how did you guys hook up with Mike Austin, the the creator and founder of Roundtown Productions? Yeah, well, um, Mike has always been a fixture around the local music scene here, always being really supportive, and uh, popped into I think probably the Windsock was one of the first places I met him uh, when he came in there. I don't know about you, Becky, but. I can't recall. <laughs> probably it the Windsock then. <laughs> if you can't recall, it was probably at the Windsock. <laughs> no, but um, he's, he's been so great and put on so many awesome shows around here. And then uh, I believe, Becky, I met you through um, Wheelhouse and then also Jim Kelly, the, uh, my yeah. bass player, um, said, man, there's this really awesome singer that loves singing country music. Yeah. You really ought to get her up here and sing some. So once again, sat in at the Windsock and... Yeah, it was a good. It was a good night. Tyler, what? what give, give us a little bit of your history. Uh, how long have you been in this area? Because I, I sure. been I've been told. Sure. I, I do. For those of you that don't know, I'm I'm a very lazy journalist. I do little to no research. You um, like to go direct to the source. Yeah, source. I let my curiosity drive the conversation, yeah. and then I soon forget everything that I've heard. <laughs> uh, what uh, What's your history? Give us a little bit about where where sure. what's hometown for you? Where Where did it all begin? Yeah, well, I grew up in Colorado, southwest Colorado, a place uh, outside of Durango, if you know where that's at. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, out on uh, a ranch there. So I grew up kind of in the uh, ranching community and then also started playing guitar pretty young and singing when I was really young. So that was kind of the path of my life was a rural, a rural life and then uh, playing music, doing talent contests and such like, stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the, the short version, and we can dive into whatever, yeah. you know, segments you think are <laughs> interesting. The short version is grew up in Colorado, um, traveled around to, to Nashville a lot, spent a lot of time in Nashville, a lot of time in Texas, and uh, ended up here in Prescott as a base a couple years ago now, and, which has been awesome. So how old were you when you recorded your first song? When I recorded my first song, I believe I was eight, eight okay. years old. I went in, for a, went in for a guitar lesson with Gary Cook, who's yeah. a two-time national flat pick champion and, and my mentor. And uh, he was like, Tyler, do you want to record a song or do you want a lesson? <laughs> so what, what would you have said, Darren? <laughs> Saddle up. Saddle up. Let's do it. Eight, eight years old. I don't, I don't like you already. Man. Yeah, no kidding. I, I, I used to really, really enjoy talking with and hanging out with musicians and learning. Because I have zero, zero musical ability whatsoever. Yeah. And that includes playing the radio. I often do that wrong. Uh, but I... Loved musicians, and then I watched, it was during the pandemic, at the tail end of it, I watched a fascinating documentary on the Beatles, and I realized, did you, did I, you guys probably know this, it was news to me, it just didn't register. 1964, Meet the Beatles, right? Mm -hmm. Their last album was in 1970. Yeah. All of that music, all of that great music 
in six years. That's pretty incredible, yeah. And that made me hate musicians. <laughs> it, because it, they accomplished so much. In, in six, such a short period of time. In six years, no yeah, joke, I've changed true. my oil, oil twice in the car. <laughs> that's the level of my expertise. That's just... It, I mean... What, what have I done in six years? Absolutely yeah. nothing. And they did that entire catalog. And you're incredible. a recording artist at eight years old. I wouldn't quite call it that. I'd say that was my first demo, probably. What, what was but it? when you did so, Beer yeah. and a Rose, yeah, um, you had some pretty good players yeah. playing with you on Yeah, that was, that was incredible. But yeah, the, so the first thing I recorded was Amarillo by Morning and uh, in a falsetto. So. Do, 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 you, do you have that recording still? <laughs> I do, yeah. Is it available? Some, yeah, some feature, hadn't yeah. dropped yet, right? Yeah, somebody, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that available on your YouTube channel? Um, it's not on YouTube. I think uh, I have it. I have it somewhere. I think it might be on my website. It might just be for Patreon people. I don't know. But for you, Matt, I would. I will, I will send you. I will send you the link. So he knows. It, it, it doesn't already. sound like Peter Brady going through his voice voice change. <laughs> exactly. Time to change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, yeah, once my voice dropped, then uh, yeah, uh, as Darren was saying, I, I, in Nashville, that was like kind of my first band recording experience, um, which was awesome. Yeah, Dave Jakes you had was some good players bass. on there. Yep, longtime bass player for John Prine. Oh my um, goodness! The drummer was Brad Pemberton, a great, great friend and mentor. He's out with Steve Earle now, but he was with Ryan Adams and the Cardinals for the longest time, which was a big band that I really respected and loved. And then uh, John Graboff was playing Steel. So yeah, that Very was cool. that was like pretty. Here's the real deal. When did cool. you start writing? When did you feel that you you know because there's some good writers. Yeah. Um, and I've listened to your stuff. Um, there's Anne Marie Schimberg. Yeah, she's a great, great writer. writer. And I hear you guys. Uh, you know, I hear your songs and I hear Anne Marie's. Um, what what was the moment that you just figured that you could start writing songs? Uh, that's a good question. The moment I think I was probably frustrated about something, probably a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was 15. And you already so. figured check yes or no was already, <laughs> was already taken. taken. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So right, yeah, around 15, um, I, I've always, songwriting always fascinated me, like, uh, and songwriters, like Guy Clark and Lyle Lovett and uh, mm. a lot of Texas guys. Yeah. So um, I started taking a stab at writing, yeah, around 15. And it, it, it mainly started, starts off just as like, I want to do that. Like, I, I, I hear a song that's great, and then I have an idea, and I, I want to make it like that song, you know? Mm -hmm. So for a lot of time, I think it's trying to emulate your, your heroes. And yeah, for anybody out there who hasn't seen this guy perform, Come and check him out. He's amazing. And you know, a good place to do that would be 7 o'clock on January 26th. That's right. At the Elks, right. yeah. at the the Elks. Elks Theater. Yeah. So uh, give us a little bit, Becky, if you can talk a little bit about what that show, what, can, what will folks be able to expect there? Is it going to be primarily covers? Are you going to mix in some, in, uh, some originals? What, what, what are we going to be seeing that night? You're going to see and hear quality very experienced musicians, and I'm talking good country. Hmm. Um, that's part of what my interest was. I heard them and said, oh, I want to be a part of that. That sounds wonderful. Some people will be dancing because they can't help themselves. <laughs> so I was going to say the guys in the front row might have a little bit of a block between, but that's okay. We love we love dancers. That just um, means in the seats. I always say the ones that are yelling, sit down, go sit in the back. <laughs> And it's going to be mostly Tyler's original tunes. Very nice. And so I'm learning those guys and enjoying that. Um, I'll do a couple of, of lead solos, and mine will be covers. I'm going to do some Brown Eyes Blue and um, something from the Dixie. 
Nice. I want to say Dixie Classics. Chicks, but we're not allowed to say that now. Is it the Chicks? It's now? the Chicks. The chicks. Yeah. It's those girls. It's those women. <laughs> those girls that play. When did you? When did you? When did you start doing music? Now I can trump him. I started when I was five. <laughs> yeah. Five, but it was r- real to real. I, I, Does that I, I date me? I used to me? like Becky too. Now I don't like. <laughs> I saw her the other day, and I walked up, and I told her, "I says you're one of the best female vocalists around." So I, I, I appreciate and, you. And that's you. high Thank praise, because Darren, you have worked with some of the some of the greats mm-hmm. in and around yeah. uh, this part of the state and well mm-hmm. the southwest really yeah. uh, you had mentioned Anne Marie Schimberg mm-hmm. she uh, we're sidetrack here a little bit plug her album if you would where can folks find that you can find that online on iTunes and you can pick them up at our shows hard copy CDs that's right in person and um, you know she uh, I'm hoping that her and Tyler can get together and write some yeah, songs. Yeah. Um, these these two here would be very. Uh, I can't imagine with what Amory puts out and what Tyler puts out. If those two joined forces, mm-hmm. it would be smoking. I mean, that's stuff that you can put and sell, you know, or perform yourself. But you know, the idea with a songwriter, if you can get other artists to perform your songs. You just go to the mailbox oh, yeah. every three, ma- three months on your try, <laughs> you know, and get your BMI check and your sound exchange and all that stuff. Now, Tyler, when you write, do you compose different if it's something you know you'll be performing as opposed to if you're writing something with, for instance, Becky in Someone mind or in mind, another... Yeah another uh, singer in mind or does that does that even come into play uh, so you know sometimes especially uh yeah like there was a period in time where i was deciding whether i wanted to just do the songwriter thing um you know in in nashville and and write every day or if i wanted to be more of a performer so at that point i kind of decided i want to do the singer songwriter thing so i kind of drifted away a little bit from you know writing for a purpose or a niche um but i i got really good advice um from from like Tony Arada, he he wrote the dance um, mm-hmm. among other songs, and I would talk to him about that type of stuff. And he he said basically, you just have to write a great song, um, and then find the song, you know, find the person for that song. So yeah, I didn't really write with people in mind, really. Um, some guys do, and it works for them. Let's but, dive yeah. into. I'm I'm fascinated by by your origin and starting so young. Sure. Your original, your very first originals, if go back through your memory, are they still things you're playing? Are they things yes. you wish you never pe- put to paper? <laughs> There's a little of both, for sure. I mean, a lot of songs. I mean, uh, I think any writer would tell you you got to write a lot of bad songs to write a good song. Um, now, now, I didn't meet Tyler until <laughs> we got here today. Yeah. Bless us with something that... Y- in your mind, you're going, ooh, wish I never would have written. There was one, yeah, there was one song... And I was, uh, this was pretty funny. <laughs> I was in, uh, this guy named Bob Titley uh, was a, a, a manager, and he was Brooks and Dunn's manager. He got them going, and so I was like living in his pool house in Nashville for a little while. And uh, he, he brought a, a publisher out to, uh, <laughs> to, you know, listen or whatever. And so I'm playing him some songs, and then he's like, well, now, play me a song that you think is just awful, because a lot of times people, you know, will hate this song, and then they'll play it, play it for us, and, and uh, with, it's the best thing ever, and so I had this kind of like, a song that I kind of did write with someone else in mind, kind of like a more pop country kind of thing. I, honestly, I don't remember. It had something to do with trucks, <laughs> trucks and gravel roads or something, whatever. Red and, dirt, yeah, red, girl in the like, passenger yeah, seat like with her tan up on the dash. Exactly. Yeah. So I played it for this guy, and he was like, 
yeah, you're right. That's not a that's not a good song. <laughs> so at least I, I was happy that I had a, a barometer. Like I know what sucks. Too. Well, Tyler, <laughs> I've got a great title for you for your next song. Okay. And I've said this to other people. I tried to write a song about it, and this one is called "I'd Walk Underneath a Ladder to Kick a Black Cat for You." Whoa! <laughs> now that I mean, is some heavy. Now I'm telling you, that is you, some heavy stuff right that there. That says I love you like no other. And then you can just it can just go from there. The ladder can hit a mirror. That's it. You can step on some seven cracks. years of bad luck. Exactly. Go ahead and run. There with it is, it. right there. there seven years are. of bad luck. We got to write that. Come on. All right. Now again, reminding folks, January twenty sixth. <laughs> Yes. It, prob- I, I hate. To, I like to say this because I I've done shows of my own, and I know you guys have played in pretty much every venue in this in this area in the county. So I always like to say the, my my second favorite venue because mm. then everybody assumes they're your first. <laughs> favorite. The, first yeah, the Elks smart. is my second favorite venue uh, in the area. <laughs> There's some beautiful, beautiful places to play from those the big theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mike has done produced shows at the uh, the uh, the college theater. That big yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Soggy Bottom Boys, and then yeah. some of the some of the the little spots, the little gems mm-hmm. in and around Whiskey Row and off the row. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the Windsock. No better place for live music. Yeah. Yeah. Flip side of that, so and you don't have to name the place if you oh, don't want geez. to. What's the worst gig? And this is coming back to you yeah. as well, Becky, mm-hmm. Tyler. The worst gig. The worst venue you've ever played, whether that be because of the venue or the crowd, yeah, uh, and why. (laughs) (laughs) You get to start, Darren. You're on the line. All right. Well, mine would be, (laughs) it was July, Amy, correct me if I'm wrong. We we got hired to play the Keith Urban uh, pre-show. And when we got there, we were outside, and it was in July. It was 118 degrees with for K and IX. And that's that's moist. And black stage, everything's black, and not was not more than 30, 30 yards away. Camel Country had their band playing at the same time. Oh my gosh! And I, I remember I was up there playing, and you know it was it was uh, I think it was Sugarland. Jennifer Nettles got sick, and uh, Gwen Foster come over and says, "Can you guys do the opening?" And we're like, well, yeah. yeah. And my wife looks at me, and I am, I'm, I'm just beat white. Yeah. I'm gonna pass out because yeah. I had. And she kept, what was those True. neckties, them icy neckties, and she threw them on me. And we were doing a Carrie Underwood tune. I had my ganjo, my tele ganjo, and I'm, I'm playing it, and I could just feel myself just warbling this oh, way and warbling this way. And they ended up getting uh, Sarah Buxton because she was a label made of keys. And I was never so happy because I've, I've had the opportunity to open for Keith Urban and Kenny Chesney and Gary Allen at the Cardinals football stadium for the nice. Pirates and Poet Tour. Yeah, cool. And that was amazing. But there was no way I could have walked <laughs> out there and done a show cramping up like I was cramping up because I had no hydration whatsoever. Mm. Tyler, that was rough. Gig. I've never almost died playing a gig <laughs> <laughs> from the weather. <laughs> <laughs> from the way, yeah. <laughs> from the, from the way. You want to show us the bullet holes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah, that's a that's a good that's a really good question. There have definitely been some. Uh, <laughs> I think just like playing in the wrong place, you know, that's just <laughs> not like the right. 
yeah, the spot. right crowd. So yeah, I've like as a solo, <laughs> a solo acoustic country music player dude on a Tuesday night in a college bar <laughs> in razor blades <laughs> playing yeah, after yeah, you. And next well, to right. you have I, I a club DJ I was going on. I was going to ask if it was in Ash Fork, but then you said college oh, bar. No. <laughs> we love Ash Fork, Arizona. Please buy your tickets at elktheaters.com. <laughs> yeah, that was probably my worst one. Just because it's like there was literally like it was you're playing for the bartender and maybe one or two people that come yep. in that just, you know, it's... it's, it's uh, it's just not the right place at the right time. But honestly, every everything I've played, I always learn something from it. Uh, you know, Charlie Daniels says, never play to the empty seats, so I play to the bartender. That's it. <laughs> and that's about when it. they say play for one, it's, it was a thousand. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So, But I have had a bartender leave once <laughs> to go do some like restocking then it was pretty awkward because oh, no. it's well do i play no more beer for you do i yeah do i not play that kind of sucked becky <laughs> yeah i'm trying to sort out which one am i very, oh becky's got famous, some stories I'm, here i'm gonna name drop i'm name drop i'm gonna I, say billy jacks oh, oh in right humboldt there. humboldt oh, arizona yeah, yeah. Right. and i was all dressed up and i was in a country band at that time so I walked in and I cruised by the bar and the stools and the guys looked at me and said, are you looking for the Bible study? <laughs> oh, so I found my way outside New Year's Eve. So this is opposite of yours. Cold. Oh, mercy. Oh, and so I was singing and I could see my breath and I thought that's not a, that's not a good thing. <laughs> um, then we had a cross dresser come on in the. The Don't main room, the and what <laughs> what didn't make me happy was that she looked way better than me. Oh, and um, a fight ensued later down the road, and she could throw a punch. Let me tell you. <laughs> so that was the one that came to mind. The one that gave. Yeah, it, I just assumed it was. So your first song was "Redneck Girl" by Gretchen Wilson. Okay, flip of that. Other than the upcoming show on January 26th at the Elks, what was your best show, Becky? Ooh. What is one Ooh. that you wish you could just relive again? You think of that okay. while Darren answers that question, because I'm, I'm thinking of one, Darren. I don't, I don't know if this is just from you and I conversing with the MIM show that you yeah. had recently. Oh, wow. The MIM was, uh, I got invited to play with a guy named Bill Ducher. Wow. Um, amazing fingerstyle guitarist. And I've done... I've done some work um, and recording over at Will Ackerman's, and for those that aren't, don't know who he is, he was the owner of Wyndham Hill Records. Uh, Michael Hedges, Alex DeGrazzi. So I got invited to play this extreme acoustic guitar show, and I took my wife down, and uh, they treat us like kings and queens, and um, I have a deal where I never look at the audience, you know, before the show, and I didn't, I didn't realize it was sold out. Mm. And when I walked out, uh, the first three rows were Prescott people. Oh, that's awesome. A lot of them came down. So cool. And um, that one, that was very special. And then um, we, when we opened for uh, Keith Urban and Kenny Chesney at the mm-hmm. Cardinals football stadium, um, walking up that ramp after South yeah. Check, <laughs> it was like an astronaut slow walk, you know. And <laughs> um, I got up there, and I was, I'm good friends with Tim and Willie, and um, from K and I X, and we walked up, and uh, as how do you say this radio friendly? Um, <laughs> Please do. I won't. I won't say it. 
Um, I was looking at the port of John back behind the stage. <laughs> so let's just say I, I walked out and I just looked down and I remember plugging in my electric guitar and the band walks out and Mary Hoffman was the artist I played for. And uh, I kept looking down and when they announced Mary Hoffman in the Shotgun Shack Band, mm. I remember looking up and just upstroking my guitar and I looked out and I did everything you would think. I walked to the edge of the stage, put my toes there. I bent backwards. I'm like, I'm running. I'm doing the whole Motley Crue thing, you know. And I says, you know, you get one shot, and this is the shot that you want. And um, I was so grateful that um, my mom and dad, when they found out we were playing, they got floor seats, and they were sitting right down Beautiful. there. Beautiful. And you could see my parents just beaming from ear to ear and it was it was a that was a hard night to go to bed right Aim? Yeah, <laughs> I, I got done and i'm like man I, i've been hanging out underneath the carnal football stadium with gary allen and all of this we're eating chicken and and now i'm i'm at home in tempe laying in bed going what's next <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome now darren you've mentioned amy a few times in this for those listeners that don't know. I believe everybody in the room probably knows her, but the listeners may not. Yeah. Amy, your wife. Yes. And is also the inspiration to one of your most beautiful compositions. Yes. I, I recorded a song called Amy's Lullaby. Hmm. And, and, and um, I was trying to pull it up. But refresh everybody again where your website is. It's um, Heart Dance Records. Um, you can find it at their website or on YouTube. It's called Amy's Lullaby. And in fact, quite a few of my songs that I have composed. Um, I've either done it while she's sleeping, which is creepy. Um, <laughs> I wrote was that one well, song I be, did. It would be creepier if somebody yeah, else wrote that song. But you know, I, yeah. we were—I was moving her out from Michigan, and we were in Joplin, Missouri. And I woke up, and it was the prettiest sunrise. She was still sleeping, and I had my guitar, and I opened up the door, and I man, this song came to me, and I called it Joplin. And it, you know, when I play my songs, my instrumentals. There's a, a theatrical film that goes on in my head, yeah. and that's how I pull it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's my best friend. <laughs> she's, oh, she supports me. Oh, no. I'm going to cry. <laughs> no, it takes, it and takes also, <laughs> probably the most patient woman aside, most patient aside woman from my wife. In fact, we were talking last night. She's like, you know... It sucks that you play on the weekends. And I'm like, well, it sucks that you work all week. <laughs> but she makes some money. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think we're related, Darren. I'm not sure. <laughs> Tyler, best gig or... Mm. We don't even have to say best. Let's go yeah. most, memorable, most memorable, something that you replay in your mind. There's Yeah, there's been a, a few. I mean, I kind of separated, I guess, into two things. I As a performer... Um, I really, really loved opening for Robert Earl Keane because he's one of my heroes. And that was a, a also an awesome venue um, in Arvada, Colorado. And it's an amphitheater, you know, like nice, whatever, 15 to 3,000 seat thing that was sold out. And just playing that was really cool. But I think probably the most memorable one that I've, I've played, um, I was talking about Tony Arata earlier. There's a, a place in Nashville called Douglas Corner Cafe. Yeah, yeah you know that, Darren? Yeah. yeah. And it's not there anymore, so that's part of this too. So, as a young man, uh, Tony was playing there. Um, it was it was actually a, a night where they were giving an award, the Nashville Songwriters Association award, to the owner. His name was Mervyn Luke, 
and he let all these guys play there when they were coming up. And these guys, meaning Tony and Camp Blazy and Pat Alger and um, oh wow, yeah, and a few others I'm forgetting. But basically, these are the guys that went on to write like uh, you know hits for George Strait and Garth Brooks and you know, uh, like just everyone. Like they were the they were the guys. Um, and and nobody would let them play anywhere, right? Back in the day, and so that's where they were playing. So so they put on this show to play for uh, for Mervin, and I was there as a listener, watching the show, and they they do it in a circle, you know, um, in the center of the room where they're all kind of looking at each other, and then the audience is around them, so everybody get, gets a different different kind of picture. And uh, Tony played the dance, which is what he always plays at the end, and it was a little bit little bit early in the night, I thought. And when his turn came around again, he said, well, in the, in the, in the spirit of Douglas Corner, I want to have a young songwriter come up and play oh, a wow. song for the last oh, song. Man. Oh, my gosh. And he, he, he got me. Wow. And so like, kind of like you, I was like, and I didn't have time to think about it. I was like, I can't even make it to the bathroom. Uh, so I got up, and he handed me his... Uh, you know, 1950s Martin D28, you know, that is, anyways. And this I sat section down. of the program is sponsored by Depends. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I sit down, and then there's Pat Alger, who's staring at me, and he wrote, uh, you know, um, Gosh, the, wow. the Edge of Town. So I'm being terrible right now. I don't have my notes, but he's a, he's a, he's a heavy hitter. <laughs> and there's all these guys just looking at me, and it's like, okay, what you got? And I got to sit down and play a song, wow. and I, I picked a, I picked a new song, which is crazy. <laughs> I picked, I picked "Kiss Me." I had just written "Kiss Me" a little kind of recently, and I knew Tony liked that song, <laughs> so I played it, which was nuts. But uh, yeah, so and then, um, but I was to to buy myself some time. I was like, you know, I threw a lead to Pat because so, Pat's a really good guitar player, and then you know he's, he was he was picking away. So that was really special, just the fact that um, I was allowed to do that. And, uh, Sitting yeah. around some of them heroes. Yeah, exactly. And oh, not, yeah. not having them, you know, yeah. throw something at me or something. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was pretty special. Very nice. Becky, now I'm, I've got to assume it's the one day Nick didn't show up. <laughs> no. Oh, just no. kidding. Oh, no. I that's love awesome. Nick when he's not in the room. <laughs> no. That's me. Where, where's Nick, anyway? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've sung a lot, and as yeah, as my mom would say, and I'm from Wickenburg, <clears throat> so you got to sing if you're from Wickenburg, and you gotta yeah. gotta love country. Um, so I don't have a particular one time. It's those times when you're on the stage and you're doing your thing, and then you settle down and you just feel it, and you kind of lift to another dimension. <laughs> and it sounds weird, but y'all know it's oh, true. It's called Nirvana. And yeah. You hear the yeah. sound and you sing, should I, should I keep going or should I weep? You know, it's yeah. one of those two. Yeah. Uh, I've sung at the Elks before. I really enjoyed that. I like the proximity at, yeah. at the level and then you can see your friends and it's just a real good time. So I'm kind of going to say I'm going to pin my best time on being the one coming up. The one coming up. Yeah. That we're Look at her play that at yeah. the Elks Theater. Smart, smartest gal in the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be a really lovely time. Yeah. I, I have had the opportunity a couple of times to, uh, to do live shows at the Elks, and, uh, and there's just nothing like stepping through those curtains mm. and seeing that beautiful theater, mm -hmm. the history there, and all the great 
performances, spoken word, dramatic, and of course music that have uh, been on that stage over the decades. And then in recent years, you know, since I've moved out here and you know, 20 years ago, they've gone through and re redone a lot of the the uh, uh, appearance there, the atmosphere there, yeah. and it's just. There's nothing like it. Again, you you all have played you know, stadium shows and and from the small honky tonks to bar shows to theater shows. But something about that Elks and the fact that it's really a cornerstone of entertainment for the Prescott area. It's just beautiful. I always tell people because for listeners and the people that are here today, if you want to know what it's like to stand backstage. Picture two two-liter bottles on an IV pole with adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And the minute they announce your name, it shoots into you, and the <laughs> curtains open, and it's it's like a tunnel vision, but it's it's a uh, it's an unexplainable experience <laughs> when you walk out and you just stand there for just that second, and you soak it in, and it doesn't like we were talking earlier. It doesn't matter if it's one or yeah, a thousand. Yeah. 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 50,000, it's that anticipation of being able to go out and produce this craft that you've been working on since eight, and you're only 18, so we haven't been doing that that long, Becky. Becky. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you go out, and, you know, there is. There's there's a little bit of an artist when they're out performing. You, You feel that acceptance that what I've done and my craft and my songwriting. I touch people with it, mm-hmm. and when you know that you're touching people with it, it's oh, it's a, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's unbelievable when the people come up and talk to Tyler or Becky or myself after the show and said, "Man, this song." Yeah, if that's that one person out of a thousand come up and said, "This song touched me tonight." Yeah, beautiful. That's it. And that's why I like the theater situation. I love playing theaters and like the Elks. And I haven't played there yet. This is my first time, and I'm really excited to play there. I've played other similar sized yeah. things. Mm-hmm. But I love that because for whatever reason, like you're saying, it's a setting where everybody is there. You feel connected to everyone. They're able to see you. You're able to see them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a really... And you can spot the ones that are really enthralled. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and like Becky mentioned, there's, you know, there, there are great shows across the board mm-hmm. kind of sure. wherever you yes. go but uh and again you're walking into a, a small little dive and hearing yeah. great music there's <laughs> oh, nothing incredible, better incredible the energy I always tell people when you go to nashville yeah. stay off broadway go hit them little <laughs> small bars all over the place yeah but that's where you see the writers the, the the other side of that is when it's in a theater setting and the only reason they're there yeah sitting in their seat mm-hmm. is to see you. They're not distracted by food service or drinks or a TV behind you. And I'm sure you've all played in those. Where <laughs> oh, yeah. They don't even bother turning off the game over your your shoulder. Yeah. But to have that attention and be able to see that, and you all, everybody listening, has the opportunity to witness that on January 26th at 7 p.m., PrescottElksTheater.org. Also on that ticket are the cactus farmers, and we're going to hear from them as well and maybe have a little conversation with them after they play a couple songs. That's going to be killer. uh, And, of course, we want to thank Mike Austin for uh, Around Town Productions for putting this show on. Yeah. And our gracious host, Suresh Matthews. Where is he? Yes, he's right there. There he is. 
Thank you Beautiful for letting venue. us come and take up space uh, in your... I hope those I listening know, watch I, the video yeah, because this what, place is beautiful. I don't know yeah. what to call this. He call, He says, oh, come into my garage. Okay. <laughs> this, is the, this is the best club I've ever performed. <laughs> yeah, <I'm telling> <laughs> it's beautiful in here again. Thank you for that. And again, those of you that uh, took time out of your, your beautiful Sunday to uh, come and, and hang out with us, give yourselves a and hand. check out his band Thank back you. home. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait. Say that again. I overtime. Back home band. This 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 place is beautiful. They're nice guys. Um, I can't wait to go see one of these. Well, they say it's a bargain. Yeah, there's always a sale on what you don't need. You buy it anyway, but the credit's never free. Try to save time by cutting the line for something better around the corner. We all live for everyone way or the other. I was heard nothing in life is free, but I never knew that they were talking to me. I'm a pretty good guy, I don't know why Lady Luck won't hold me for a little clover. I guess you pay for it one way or the other. Cactus Farmers Band who plays around all over the Prescott area. Uh, we have Billy Bond and Austin Lynn Austin. They're going to entertain us a little bit. And as soon as they entertain us, they're going to come up here and uh, we're going to talk to them and find out a little bit about who they are. They are going to be the opening oh, act. You're going to interview them right now. Well, we're okay. They're the opening act of the big show that we're doing on the uh, 26th of. Go ahead and pop that mic out. Yeah, he's gonna, Mike's going to interview you guys real quick. Oh. Oh. Okay, so again, we have sure. Billy Bond and Austin Lynn Austin, two of the members of the Cactus Farmers who play all around Prescott. They're, um, they're the three of them together, Andrew Deering, who wasn't able to make it here today, but the three of them together are one of the top shows around Prescott. So you need to go listen for them wherever they're playing. Um, they're also going to be the opening act on the 26th of this month, January, at the Elks Theater. No, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I, all right, I guess I'm doing the interview. So, Billy, you and I met here a while back 
I was so impressed with the way you play the instrument, you introduced the dobro to me. And I thought, wow, this guy's got a great country voice. I love the way you play. And that dobro is an amazing instrument. Tell us a little bit about your start in the music and about what you do with that dobro. Okay. Well, I, uh, you know, I, like, like every other kid in America, I had a guitar when I was a teenager, and I knew one song, and I knew three chords. And then I put it away in the closet and left it for years. And finally, when I was about 36, I decided I wanted to, it was on my bucket list to get into music and actually play something. And uh, my brother uh, was in a bluegrass band. They were pretty good. And I asked him, I said, because I, I went and sang harmony to him on, you know, like I saw the light or something like that at a, blue, a bluegrass festival. And I said, I'd really like to be in your band. And they said, well, you know, we've already got a guitar and we've got a banjo and we've got a bass and we've got a fiddle. We've got a harmonica. You're going to have to find something else, you know. And I said, well, what is that? And they said, well, you know, we've been wanting a dobro. I had no friggin' idea what that was. And so I lived in Colorado at the time. This, and uh, I went in the Denver Post, and I found a dobro that I bought for $300, sight unseen. Things probably worth five grand today, but I don't own it anymore, unfortunately. But anyway, um, so I started playing with their, their band and played dobro with them. It was a painful experience. That was before YouTube. Uh, they didn't even have they didn't even have VC, uh, videos at that point, so everything was learned off of a cassette and tablature. And it, I pity my poor family; they would listen to me play that thing and practice. And the the problem with the dobro is it's it's a lot like a, a violin or fiddle. Is even though there are frets, uh, they're just markers. So you had to develop your ear. So there's a lot of out of tune playing, and that still occurs from time to time. Um, but anyway, that, that stint only lasted a few months, and I could tell that I wanted to do something besides bluegrass. And so there was this great band in, in Colorado called Tumbleweed, which uh, finally broke up. And, and so I um, joined up with their leader, and we started a trio called Hired Hands that played in Taos and Santa Fe. Um, great place to play, a lot, a lot of dancing and a very um, unique type of music. Um, the clubs we played at, I always used to joke, they charged 15 bucks for a beer, and the only people that could go in there were older folks, and they didn't like drums, and they didn't like a lot of volume. And so you had to learn to play a percussive style. And so a lot of what I learned on, on the guitar, uh, self-taught, was just trying to bring percussion into our arrangement because we had all the bass was always going but my buddy Donnie and I were one of us would be on guitar or I'd be on dobro when he was on guitar and I'd be on guitar when he was on fiddle or banjo or mandolin so we always had to have that drive and so that that's the only way I know how to play and and people ask me how I do it and I really can't explain it <laughs> and I don't try and uh, so anyway um, we, we did that for several years, and then in 95, 96, I hung it up and um, just kind of lived life. And we moved here in 2003, and I played a little bit with uh, um, worship bands, but that didn't work out too well, because I'm 71, and they're all 25 and 30, and I didn't wear skinny jeans. 
And so <laughs> they did, never did let me, they never did let me sing and they never had a spotlight on me. But I, I did play every once in a while with them, a little guitar and some dobro. And so I just quit. Uh, and that was in 2004. And so in 2022, I have all these beautiful guitars and dobros hanging on the wall. And I thought, man, that's kind of a waste. And, you know, I, I, I build trails for a hobby. That's one of the things that I do with our group Over the Hill Gang. And I needed something else. And so I thought, well, I'll start playing again. And I, uh, this is a long damn story, isn't it? No, it's a beautiful um, story. But anyway, I, so I'd never played solo before. And that was a real clincher, let me tell you. It was tough. And so I started going to Don Cheek's uh, open mic at the Birdcage. And then up, upstairs at the attic, which is now the bunkhouse, they had one as well, an open mic, and so I'd go up there and you'd get to play three songs. And of course, I, you know, here I am with my cowboy hat on and being older than most of their grandpas. And so it was always funny to watch them when I would, you know, walk up there, oh, well, you know, and they'd turn around and start doing something else. But usually I could, my goal was to get them to turn around before I finished. And that's where I met this fine gentleman. And, and this fine gentleman is Austin Lynn yes. Austin. Uh, and mm -hmm. I call him Cousin. We both have the same last that's name. That's right, So cuz. we introduce ourselves. Oh, well, hi, Cousin. How are you today? That's so, right. And, and the first time I got to hear you play on, on that beatbox thing that you're sitting on, we call that a cajon. Mm -hmm. Hillbilly drum set. And, yeah. And so tell us a little bit about how you got into playing a cajon and met up with Billy and started playing along with him. And I'm really interested in the story behind that cajon. Yeah. Um, well, I'll try to make a long story short. And we have a really interesting connection because Billy hung up music about the same time that I hung it up. And in the 90s, I was a Polydor recording artist. I was um, in a band, toured a lot, played a lot of big bands. And uh, under some tragic circumstances, I just kind of hung it up for a while. And then Billy and I were at the attic um, the first night that he played and was the first time I had actually came to play some of my own songs there. And it was the first time I'd played live since I hung it up in the mid-90s, the same as Billy. And Billy got up there and played. He was sitting behind me in the attic, and I just thought, man, that guy, he is killer. Like, he is really awesome. I didn't get a chance to talk to him that night because I was so nervous about playing my own songs. And then I saw him at the uh, birdcage, and I said, Hey, man, I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but you're awesome, dude. I want to play drums for you one day. And he laughed at me. He's like, drums? Oh, yeah, right, sure. And I didn't, I, you know, I'd played drums in the 90s, but I didn't, I didn't plan on playing drums again or anything like that. Um, and I was going around town. I thought, you know, I don't really see a lot of drummers in this town. And, you know, there's a few that are great, but there's a lot that aren't very good. And I thought, you know, it'd be great if I had a cajon player, and I couldn't find anybody to play cajon for me. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get a cajon and teach my lady how to play it, and then we can just work it out that way. And one night I was at the Back Alley Wine Bar, and Darren and Anne-Marie uh, were doing a short set, and there was a cajon there, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, they're getting down, I'm just going to get up there and get down with them. And so we did, and Anne-Marie said, hey, you want to play another show with us, like at the Whiskey River or something like that it was, and Billy was playing Dobro, Scott Smith was on keys. And we got down, we had a killer show, and, and Billy and I hooked it up ever since, and we're, we're probably the busiest dudes in town now, which is pretty cool. I'm so glad that you guys are working together. Yeah. And, and it, it's a shame, the third part of the Cactus Farmers are not here, that's Andrew Deering. Uh, I think he's and, out fishing. 
he probably yeah, is. Yeah, and Andrew is the... Oh, Andrew is the number one fisherman in, in yes. all of Arizona. If nobody else catches fish, well, Andrew will be. All right, so anyhow, you're going to hear these guys. They're the opening act on the 26th of January at the Elks Theater. Uh, they're the opening act for this reason. When I booked Tyler, he said, well, who's going to open for me? I need somebody good. And I said, the best trio in town, country music, is the Cactus Farmers. They're going to be your opening act. They're good enough. They could be the headliners. <laughs> so we're going to... Kind of. Yeah. So we'd like to hear a little bit of your music. Music. Well, we're not, we don't do a lot of country music, but we do a lot of music country style. How about that? Sometimes I go out by myself I look across the water And I think of all the things I watch you do My head I paint a picture Oh, since I come on home well, my body's been a mess I miss your ginger head and the way you like to dress Won't you come on over Stop making a fool out of me I come on over about a week Oh, about a week Oh, about a Well, did you have to go to jail? Put your house up for sale? Well, did you get a good lawyer? Or did you have to pay that fine? You've been dodging all the time. I did a fixing for you. Oh, you shopping anywhere? Change the color of your hair. I hope you didn't catch a tail. I hope you find the right man. Are you still dizzy? Oh, now since I come on home, my body's been a mess. I miss your ginger hair and the way you like to dress. Won't you come on over? Stop making a fool out of me. Come on over by Watch your do. My 
Did I paint a picture? Oh, now since I come on home, my body's been a mess. I miss your ginger hair and the way you like to dress. Won't you come on over? Stop making a fool out of me. Come on over by the week. Oh, by the week. Oh, by the week. Oh, by the week. I come on over by the week. That. Well, here's another famous country song by a fellow by the name of Prince. Dig it, you well, picture you're not engaged in a kid. When your body covers me, can you, my darling, can you picture this dream with for Oceans of violets in blue, animals strike your exposes. Feel the heat between me and you. How can you just leave us standing? Only in a world so cold. Maybe I'm just a little man I'm just like my father Oh, maybe you're just like my mother She never satisfied She never satisfied Why do we scream at each other?
Thank you. Appreciate that.